everybody come on dig billy g and mikey t they're still living in the 70s yeah but they bringing you all those groovy sounds baby so boogie into the lava lamp lounge oh yeah all right all right, my little rock and roll monkeys, my 70s music junkies, welcome back to the Lava Lamp Lounge. I'm your host, Mikey T. Uh, you're here on a good day because we are going to do another one of our genre explorations. That's where we look at different musical genres that are truly unique to the 70s. Tonight we got a great one. We're looking at glam, uh, glam rock, sometimes called glitter rock. It was born of a rejection of like late 60s psychedelic art and rock, that kind of sound. Uh, glam's goal was really to make rock roll, rock and roll fun again. All right, when you're talking about glam, we're going to have to get in a couple of the term terminology. We're going to go back to school, so everybody get your pencil sharpened, get ready. Uh, glam is actually predominantly British. Very few American acts embrace the genre. Uh, there was a melding of influences, including cabaret, 50s rock, and bubblegum from the 60s. It's all about the image. Bands favored flamboyant costumes, hair and makeup, you know, your platform shoes, your glitter, and all that good stuff. And uh, gender was all about gender benders. Performers played uh, on camp and androgynous appearances. Uh, remember the lyrics, got your mother in a whirl, not sure if you're a boy or a girl. That's that's glam. That's, that's, that's the key to glam right there. Uh, and, of course, it was influential. Uh, it became a launching pad for other genres like power pop and hair metal. And it achieved its peak popularity in the early 70s, uh, predominantly 71 to 74. All right, when you're talking glam, you're going to got to impress your friends, anybody you're talking to. First words out of your mouth better be T-Rex, because that's where it all starts. Uh, T-Rex, they formed in 67 as an acoustic duo, actually. It was uh, Mark Bolin and uh, percussionist Steve Took. And they released four psychedelic folk albums together before they split. They didn't even, It was just those two guys. They didn't even have a drummer. All right, we got our first freaky fact of the show. Awesome. Uh, producer Tony Visconti hated writing out the band's full name, which was Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, on all the studio chart tapes and everything. And in 1970, he shortened the name to just T-Rex, which is awesome. Uh, starting with their 1971 landmark album, Electric Warrior, T-Rex would go on to score a string of top five hits in the U.K., uh, they had four at number one, including Metal Guru or Metal Guru, <laughs> uh, Telegram Sam, and uh, their most commercially successful hit, of course, was Get It On, Bang A Gong. Oh, Another great T-Rex freaky fact. That's awesome. In March 1971, before performing his first number one single, Hot Love, on the top of the Pops TV show, glitter was applied to Mark Boland's cheeks by his assistant, and he had his bright, shiny pants and jacket and stuff this performance is considered the birth of the glam movement i will say that again the birth of the glam movement all right here's an odd one mark Pullen never learned to drive fearing a premature death sadly he died as a passenger in a car crash in 1977 at the age of 29 here's the big bang of glam t-rex hot love Bold about the me, I hold your hand. But she ain't no witch, and I love the witch. 
That is how you start off a show about glam. T-Rex, no other way for sure. Let's get into another great glam artist, Slade. They were formed in 1966, and they struggled on the charts early on. Uh, they even had to uh, took their image as a bunch of skinheads at one time. It was really odd. But after a change in style and fashion, they would come to embrace and define the raucous side of glam and, of course, sell over 50 million records worldwide. 
Uh, I remember Noddy Holder, he had those great gruff vocals. And Dave Hill, there was their lead guitarist. He was a real character. He had uh, like a, what do they call it, a cherry bowl haircut. And uh, he even had a guitar named Super Yob. Of course, they had all the, the great glam uh, fashions, too. They were, they were great. Uh, and the thing with them, they were massive, guys. Slade were so huge. Between 1971 and 1974, they would score 12 consecutive UK top five singles, uh, six number ones, and three of those entered the charts at number one, which is amazing. Based on single sales alone, Slade was the most successful British group of the 70s. I will say that again. Slade was the most successful British group of the 70s. Our first Slade freaky fact. That's cool. Slade had a penchant for deliberately misspelling their song titles. They did this a lot. Uh, Examples are Look What You Done, which is W-O-T and D-U-N. Squeeze Me, Please Me, S-K-W-E-E-Z-E. P-L-E-E-Z-E, fun stuff like that. Oh, Take Me Back, Ohm. I think that was one of them, O-M-E. They they were just having some fun, kids. That's what, all. again, that's what Glam was all about, bringing fun back to rock and roll. Uh, They were popular uh, and a major influence in the 80s metal bands, actually. In particular, Quiet Riot. You guys remember that? uh, Quiet Riot found success with two Slade anthems, actually. Come On, Feel the Noise, and Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Speaking of, the band's third number one single comes from their third studio LP, Stomp Your 1972 Platform Boots, to Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Right. I 
powerful stuff, right? Powerful and fun. I'm telling you guys, glam could not have been made in any other decade except the 70s. It's truly uh, unique to that decade, but we love it. Our next glam superstar is Susie Quattro. She was born in Detroit, and she's considered a pioneer for women in rock because she became the first female bass player uh, to be a rock star. Awesome. Uh, So she started performing in a family band as a teen. She had a bunch of sisters, and they would play the circuits. Uh, But then uh, she wanted to keep going with that, and she was actually started to be courted by a bunch of labels. Uh, Electra, in fact, wanted her to be the next Janis Joplin. Uh, but then this record, uh, British record producer named Mickey Most, he comes along and says, uh, I want you to be the first Susie Quattro. So who do you think she chose? 1971, Susie moves to England, and then she hooks up there with the songwriting team Nikki Chin and Mike Chapman. You might remember them from our Chrysalis show. Look that up if you don't remember that. Uh, so she goes on to score a string of top 10 hits, including 48 Crash, and Daytona Demon, that's a great name for a song, man. And uh, she has two number one hits, Can the Can and Devilgate Drive. Another freaky fact far out. Quattro is best known in the U.S. from her appearances on the 70s hit TV show Happy Days. You guys remember that, right? Uh, She played Leather Tuscadero, and Leather Tuscadero was the kid's sister to Pinky Tuscadero, which was the girlfriend of Fonzie. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's cool. Producer Gary Marshall uh, hired her without an audition after seeing her poster on his daughter's wall. Now that's star power. <laughs> uh, get your teen, teeny bopper magazines, kids. All right, dig it. Susie has sold over 50 million albums, and she's still going strong. Her latest release was in 2017, and she continues to tour Europe. So if anybody's out there, <laughs> go see her, man. All right, Quattro's first number one from 1973, the ear-splitting girl power anthem, Can the Can.
<laughs> oh, brother, that one's got teeth. Wow, I love it. All right, now, I hope you're having fun because we are going to do something even more fun. I know what you're saying. More fun. How do we do that? Check it out. We're going to do something called our Glam Slam Sampler. Uh, we're going to play about four songs here. Uh, just a little snippet, but to give you a, a taste of other types of glam that was out there. Some other great bands. We're not going to play the whole song, but we're going to give you a, a real good taste. So our first one, uh, first glam artist is Mud. Yeah. Uh, they were formed in 1966. They achieved peak success in their early 70s. And they had 15 top 20 hits and three, I'm sorry, three number one hits, Tiger Feet, Lonely This Christmas, and Oh Boy. And actually, check out our old, one of our old Christmas shows. We played Lonely This Christmas. That's a good one. Uh, Tiger Feet, the song, sold over one million copies worldwide. Let's take a listen to that. Tiger Feet. keep listening to that one that one is fun sounding mud tiger feet all right we got another one we got to keep our feast going here we got a song by uh alvin stardust called my kukachu uh alvin stardust was a persona created to cash in on the glam scene uh, kind of like ziggy stardust yeah it's alvin stardust hello you were ziggy i'll just call myself alvin <laughs> uh and uh pete shelley actually recorded the song kukachu as Alvin, of course, uh, in 73, but he had no interest in touring. He was like, I, I did that song, I'm done. So this guy, Shane Fenton, he takes over as Alvin, and he scores seven top ten hits over the next 25 years. Let's check out uh, Alvin's song, My Kukachu. That was pretty cool sounding. I like that. That uh, Elvin Stardust, his whole thing was, uh, he was like a 50s greaser. He had the black leather jacket, white t-shirt, slick back hair. That was his persona. But that was pretty cool. I like Elvin Stardust. All right, now we're getting out of some serious glam stuff here, kids. Uh, Roxy Music, Virginia Plain. Roxy are one of the most influential bands of the 70s. They actually created a distinctly unique style in both sound and appearance. Uh, kind of a shorter career. They released eight albums. Uh, and 10 top 10 singles between 72 and 82, but uh, certainly influ influential, of course. Uh, and, oh, and here's the big thing. They're going to enter the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame later this year, 2019. Let's take a listen to Virginia playing Roxy Music. Yeah, Brian Ferry is the man. That was 1973, kids. Virginia playing Roxy Music. Uh, okay, we got one more for our uh, our little sampler here. And this is a, oh, we're going to end up big on this one. This is cool. Uh, this is a band called The Juke. 
and their song Bish Bash Bosh. Uh, so the Juke were formed in 1972, and they released a string of moderately successful singles, yeah, so-sos, but uh, they never really achieved mass success. Uh, the, but their hits include Shame, 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 uh, King Cap, that's with a K, <laughs> and Bish Bash Bosh. Uh, they reformed, this is really wild, guys, they reformed in 2014 for a one-off performance in, of all places, Hartford, Connecticut. So if anybody you... Any of you were out there in Connecticut and you saw the juke? Wow, I wish I could have been there. All right, let's check out Bish Bash Bosh from the juke. That was definitely fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Our first glam slam. That was awesome. All right. Uh, don't go away. And I hope you guys are having fun because we've got two more great glam songs coming for you. Uh, one, Our next one is by The Sweet. Formed in 1968 as The Sweet Shop, actually. Uh, the band was originally a bubblegum pop band, uh, releasing unsuccessful singles like Lollipop Man. Boy, bubblegum pop, lollipop man. <laughs> yeah, that is super sweet. Maybe that's how they got there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, their sound fused into a combo of pop with heavier rock, though, and all with rich harmonies and near operatic vocals, almost reminiscent of Queen. If you guys listen to your suite, you're going to hear really great, I mean, amazing vocals. And you're going to, oh, I, I know where they were influenced by or who influenced them. You never know. Uh, the band teamed up with songwriter uh, duo Nikki Chin, Mike Chapman, and there's those guys again. We just talked about them earlier today. And they released their debut LP in 1971, which contained the bubblegum hits Funny Funny and Coco. Over the next three years, Sweet would achieve massive success in the UK with eight consecutive top five glam hits, all written by Chin Chapman, too. That, the, that was their secret weapon. Uh, songs include Little Willie, Wig Wham Bam, Blockbuster, and Ballroom Blitz. Oh, a great freaky fact for the suite here. The song Ballroom Blitz was inspired by an actual event from January 1973. Dig this. Unfamiliar with the band's appearance, which, you know, heavy makeup, all those garish costumes and stuff of the time, uh, the suite were actually bottled off the stage in Scotland. Wow. <laughs> uh, suite would abandon their glam image, though. Uh, they'd write and produce their own tunes, uh, and then finished the decade as a solid hard rock act, uh, scoring two more top ten hits, Fox on the Run, that was in uh, 75, and, oh, my favorite sweet song, I think, Love is Like Oxygen. Oxygen. I'll try that again. Love is Like Oxygen. That is from 1978. Okay, hysteria, check. Stomping beat, check. It's the glamtastic Ballroom Blitz.
at one. Oh, yeah, it was like lightning. Everybody was frightening. And the music was soothing. And they all started grooving. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the man at the back said, everyone attack. And they turned into a ballroom blitz. And the girl in the corner said, fire. Definitely fun. Sweet sold over 50 million records, kids. Don't forget it. That was the late, great Brian Connolly on vocals on that, too. All right. We want to remind everybody that the Lava Lamp Lounge has a website, lavalamplounge.rocks, R-O-C-K-S. And uh, you can get every podcast there, links to all the shows, descriptions of all the shows. And we also are on Facebook. Check us out, Lava Lamp Lounge. And we're on iTunes and SoundCloud and any place all great podcasts are listened to. Uh, check us out there, Lava Lamp Lounge, and you're going to get your fix. Check us out, like us, subscribe, give us some comments, feedbacks. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and keep listening to great 70s music. All right, we are going to end it. Big kids, Mott the Hoople is our final glam hero. Uh, the band formed in 1966, led by guitarist Mick Ralphs. And they were signed to Island Records in 1969, 
but producers didn't like their vocalists at the time, so they placed ads in the papers to find a new lead singer, and a guy named Ian Hunter answered the call. All right, a freaky fact for Mata Hoople. Cool. Uh, the band was produced and mentored by Island executive, a guy named Guy Stevens. Uh, Stevens is responsible for giving Mott their unusual name, which was after a 1966 novel. Uh, side note, Stevens also gave Procol Harum their band name, so he had a penchant for coming up with really cool names. Uh, Mott Hoople had a short but influential lifespan, and releasing just seven albums and 11 singles between 1969 and 1974. Boy, that is really is short. Not a lot. Not a lot of time there. Uh, but Mick Ralphs would leave the band in 1973 and form his own band, Bad Company. And Ian Hunter would go on to a successful solo career. Oh, All right, another freaky fact. Dig it. After hearing that Mott the Hoople was going to break up, fan named David Bowie offered them... Uh, the as-yet-unrecorded song Suffragette City. But the band declined it. Wow, that's crazy. So Bowie said, well, uh, let me try again. And he wrote and produced their next single called All the Young Dudes. The song was released in 1972, and Dudes became the group's biggest hit. All right, this is it, kids. Ranked as the number one best glam single ever. Glam's national anthem, All the Young Dudes. Too many snacks. Nah, I drunk a lot of wine and I'm 